Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Mummification. I'm your host, Brody Matner. This podcast is a space for women and parents to talk about how they're feeling. And sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears. Thank you for chatting with me. I'm so excited. Oh, thanks um, Thanks for having me and I'm so sorry it's taken a while to, to get this happening. Oh, no, it's it's so fine. I will... Um, I will introduce you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, tell me when you started recording. <laughs> well, I'm, I am, like I said, I'm very excited to be speaking with you, Beth Stevens. Um, who is one half of the band, the Teeny Tiny Stevies. Um, thank you again for chatting with me. It's, it's, yeah, it took us a little while, but, um, but we're, we're here. Oh, thank you, Brody. <laughs> it is such a delight to be chatting with you. The kids are in bed. Yes. Um, are your kids in bed? They are, but my three-year-old's still flapping around in bed. Uh-huh. But, but yes, she's okay. there. Does that cause you a bit of anxiety, sort of? Still hearing them in the background. I've got not headphones knowing when on. they're really gonna. Oh, great! <laughs> is your little boy asleep? He is. I just walked in the door, and um, my partner. Uh, I, I think the door was just about to slam behind me, and he just grabbed it just in time. So I think that was a <laughs> sure sign that he had just fallen to sleep. Um, well, I'll start with our first. Um, ask everyone the same first question, um, mm-hmm. which is not parent related. Uh, if you were stuck on a desert island. And you could take one meal, one drink, yes. and one personal item. What would they be? I was thinking about this today, and look, um, I I feel like my answers are quite predictable, but I'll say them anyway. Uh, the personal item would definitely be guitar. Um, the drink would be coffee. I feel like it would be a lot of people's drink. Um, and I was thinking what I would love to eat just all the time more than anything, and it would be a huge platter of sushi. Oh, that's so, a good one. Those are my three things. <laughs> that's good. Um, so we're, we're both in Melbourne um, and we're now heading into our fifth COVID lockdown. 
tonight? Yes, that is correct. How, how are you? How are you feeling? Um, I was, when I was scrolling the socials this afternoon and then I saw a couple of things pop up about, um, you know, Victoria might be heading into another lockdown. I, that, that's sort of when the anxiety started, I think, for yes. me. Um, and then it was, it's just so funny because things come back to you so quickly. Um, and I remember last year or through last year, I was just hooked on watching the press conferences and I, uh, it was funny, like every time I would watch a press conference, I would get quite teary, um, oh. but it would also cause me, cause me sort of um, assurance and comfort also. Um, so that's why I was sort of watching them all the time and I was, I, was, I actually, I got quite obsessed. But um, how's, how has COVID affected um, you and your music? Have you been able to kind of use the experience to create more or have you felt a bit emotionally drained and not creative? Yeah, look, to be honest, I sort of feel the latter. Um, I think with, uh, which is interesting because I think, I think Bill, who I, who I am in the Teeny Tiny Stevies with and who is my sister, um, she has... Oh, well, you know, I'm speaking um, on her behalf right now. Um, but I feel confident that she would say something similar only because she has created a few very good things as a result of, you know, what's happened with COVID. Um, so I'd say that she probably has – well, she sort of, you know, took what was going she, – she wrote a couple of songs last year. Um, one was the Stay Home song that we released um, just as a sort of um, – DIY video home recording, um, which was explaining what was going on because we had lots of people contact us asking, you know, can you write a song explaining what's going on with this, this virus and the lockdowns and everything like that. Um, and so she, she really just took that and, and tried and she came up with a beautiful song um, and full credit to her for coming up with that. <laughs> and then also a little bit later on in the year, she came up, she wrote a song called Melbourne Will Meet Outside, um, which was, Oh, yeah, essentially. That just made me ball. I think I emailed <laughs> you. You have a title of that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I think uh, she did really well last year of sort of taking what was going on um, at the time and using that for creative purposes. Um, but I don't feel like I really – I felt very drained for sure. You and as you mentioned your sister, Bill, you started the Little Stevies in 2006. Um, That's right, yeah. And then when did you start the Teeny Tiny Stevies and what spurred that on? Well, we started the Teeny Tiny Stevies probably like six years ago now, which seems like ages ago, but it honestly feels like yesterday still. And we started it because we had been playing and performing and touring as the Little Stevies for years and years since we were teenagers. And it just sort of reached a point where um, Bill uh, had fallen pregnant with her first child and we were touring lots at that stage and it just sort of became a bit apparent that we weren't necessarily going to be able to tour in exactly the same way or the same capacity going forward um, for the next little while. Um, and we just sort of had to diversify and just, you know, ask ourselves some challenging questions as well, um, as we all do at different stages in our professional lives <laughs> um, and sort of work out how, you know, we decided that we wanted to keep making music and keep doing it and keep creating. Um, but we, yeah, it, it became obvious that we had to change some particular things and diversify. Um, we couldn't just keep, 
you know, trying to get through the same doors that weren't opening, essentially. Yes. Okay. So at that point, we um, we were considering between doing um, the musical comedy, which now seems hilarious that we were even considering that, um, <laughs> or some kids' music. <laughs> and we tried the kids' music first uh, because Bill's son at the time was going through toilet training. Ah, uh, yes. And she was looking for resources that might be helpful for that. And I don't think she found many. Um and so that was that our on the toilet song was the very first kids song that we um, attempted writing, and it's been one of the the uh, the I don't know the strong standing ones. Yeah, we we <laughs> sing it a lot. That we end the set with. My um, <laughs> every show. Actually, my three year old has a question for you. Yeah. Um, which she. Uh, she doesn't know that I'm talking to you because it was yeah. too hard to explain. But every time we listen to On the Toilet, um, she asks, at the end, there's someone laughing and oh, yes. she always says, who's that laughing? And I say, oh, I'm not sure. And she says, why are they laughing? And I say, I'm not sure. And so I thought, oh, I've got to ask. That, I just love the fact, you know what, I, I just love the fact that you pick up on little things like that you, yeah. that you'd never expect. Yeah. I love that. Um that is, in fact, Bill laughing because when we recorded that song, um, we just decided to do like one more take of overdubbed vocals and we're like, let's just put some laughter in. We'll just do a laughing track and then we'll sort of put the laughter in in different spots. And she was trying to make me laugh. So that particular take was just her trying to make me laugh. <laughs> and so she was just being really silly. And, um, and so it stayed in, in the end. Just to give it a positive vibe. <laughs> I will tell her. For no other reason but that. Some kids' music uh, can be really grating for adults, um, but mm-hmm. your kids' music is awesome for kids and adults. How have you managed to kind of bridge that gap? Uh, well, uh, I mean, thank you for saying that it's not annoying. <laughs> it's not <laughs> so, annoying. Uh, I mean, I honestly think if you listen to anything on repeat that much, it becomes <laughs> annoying. Um, but look, I think right from the get go, we always wanted to make um, we always wanted to make our, the kids' music sonically just sound exactly the same as we would a little Stevie's album and a little Stevie song, but we're just singing about something different. Um, that is relatable for kids as well. And I guess also with the topics that we cover, we try to cover things that uh, can be relatable, relatable for kids and parents and be sort of cross-generational, I guess. Yep. Um, and that's probably why families um, can enjoy it together and do enjoy it together. Uh, but, yeah, we, we certainly put a lot of um, uh, just uh, concentration, you know, into into the sonic part of it and we try and make the songs as complex and and impressive as we possibly can. Because well, you you cover some <laughs> really really big big topics and themes like um, recycling and the environment and family structures and body autonomy and death. Um, yeah, and lots of other <laughs> ones. I just picked the light ones. <laughs> um, I know they're huge, aren't they? <laughs> they're really big, and but you you manage to to do it in a way that you're teaching kids. And they'll understand, but it doesn't feel too heavy. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, but like, um, how have you how have you done that? Because it, it feels to I me it, yeah. like you guys have a background in psychology or teaching or something. Um, your music it makes me want to be like a more conscious, better parent. Because oh, that's so nice. Oh, oh my gosh! No, but the what way a compliment you, is that? the way you explain <laughs> things and the way you kind of put it in a, in a really kid-friendly way but without 
dumbing it down. Um, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, well, I think, um, I, I mean, first of all, the, the last album that we made, The Thoughtful Soul for Little People, um, all of those were um, suggestions. So all of those song themes were suggestions that came from people, like, you know, followers of the band because we put a call out and we just said, you know, what would you like songs to be written about? We also did that for the album before as well. Um, and so all of those topics were suggested and, and a lot of them were suggested more than once and, uh, you know, a few times. So obviously we were like, oh, wow, well, you know, pe- there, there is an audience for this. <laughs> there yeah. is a need for this. So let's give it a go. And yeah, it's funny, like when you sort of, um, I, I think there are a couple of topics that I was a bit fearful about. I think the death, the death theme was, I was a, certainly a little bit sort of fearful to have a go at. Um, I remember though at the time though, Bill, Bill was just like, let's just give it a go. We just have to start and see where it takes us. And then, and I think that's often the thing with creativity is that the fear can get in the way so often and it does with me all the time, um, that you don't even start. Yeah. But you have to start and sometimes you have to just start writing things to realise that, no, that's not the right direction. Yeah. Um, or, oh, yeah, I can sort of see that this is going somewhere good and then you sort of follow that. Um, so I think that's really what we did. Um, and also I should really say that there was just there was a huge amount of thought and there always is a huge amount of thought put into the lyrics um, because, you know, we do know that the lyrics have such a lasting effect and they're the thing that's, that's what people um, remember the most, um, all those messages and lyrics. So, yeah, there, there are drafts and redrafts and redrafts and redrafts until we've, you know, thought about every single word and, and what it means and how it's going to be received. Well, you've done a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how you said before, listening to your songs makes me want to be another parent. I can't say that. I wouldn't say that either. Oh, Bill and I... Oh, we don't think that we're like amazing at this stuff. <laughs> so we certainly don't feel like we're, you know, the uh, the, the know all of of this of uh, of just being amazing parents at all. Uh, struggling all the time. Oh yeah, because it's and, hard and not knowing the right way to model and do the right things, and you know, you reflect on your behaviour for the day and go, oh gosh, that wasn't great. <laughs> Well, have have you felt differently about creating kids' music since you had your baby? Um, that's a really good question. I I actually don't know that I have, to be honest. Um, because yeah, we did start writing this music a few years before I had my own, and yeah, and I wouldn't say probably it's changed. Um, it's funny when we when we did the first album, we did an interview with someone. And they actually brought it to our attention that, you know, we'd written all the songs from, um, you know, sort of singing from the the child's perspective in the first person. And we we weren't even aware that we'd had done that. Um, And then that sort of became a thing. And for the next couple of albums, we were sort of like, oh, well, this this is really important because I guess when kids are singing along to this, that's more, that's quite an empowering thing if Mm. you're singing words um, from the first person's perspective. Um, So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it has since mine's come along. But maybe that's just because this all exists and mine's just sort of, I don't know, slotted in. To the, <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe I need to be more reflective. I don't know. How old was was your son when you started making music again or when you returned? Returned to work feels a bit clinical for 
for what you do because it's so beautiful and creative. But when you when you started um, working again, um, yeah, how old was he? Um, well, I mean, we were doing music stuff and we were recording right up until I think quite quite right, you know, right through my pregnancy. Um, and then we did our first gig when he was six weeks old, and it was at the the Melbourne Museum in Melbourne. Oh, nice. And, um, and he came along. It was on a weekday, and so my partner was working, and and so I I decided to bring him along and sort of try it out. And yeah, someone who was working there looked after him in the pram um, oh. while we played, and it was a big success. And actually, I remember sort of you know driving home thinking to myself, oh, wow, well, I did that. I brought this baby <laughs> to this gig and, you know, organised this stuff and it was – and now I'm nearly home and it's all gone, you know, really smoothly. And that was a that, that was a real confidence boost, I remember, for me. Because six weeks is still a bit nerve-wracking leaving the house. Or yeah, can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so that's why I think I felt so um, empowered by it. But also then, you know – few weeks later we went and did a, a, a festival and you know that depending on what the show is and what the gig is and what the environment is it's, it's a whole another different set of things you need to navigate yeah so I think um I think I didn't feel empowered the next one <laughs> <laughs> well have you have you gone on any tours or um or spent any kind of time away from your family ah uh, yeah so Re, um Remy our son he he came on two trips with us when he was in the first year of his life, so maybe about sort of six months-ish um, or eight months-ish both, and it was hard work. It was such hard work. So the first trip was about seven days long and the second one was um, four or five, and it was epic. Um, there was just – it was so hard. Uh, we had – you know, we organised people to look after him while we were playing, but then, you know, things like – when we're going to do radio interviews, you know, our bandmates would be looking after him and, um, you know, having to deal with a whole lot of screaming and unpredictable, uh, unpredictableness, you know, yeah. of a baby, of just not knowing whether they're going to sleep or be hungry or be chill with, you know, people they don't know. Um, and then trying to actually, like, logistically travel. So in, you know, getting baby seats in hire cars and taxis. And yeah. It was a total nightmare. Um Having said that, though, such great memories. Um, you know, we were at a f- festival in WA and I just remember this one night, I could not get Remy to sleep. He just screamed for hours and we're in this festival sort of, you know, arena with everyone camping on top of each other and I just was, it was like a nightmare. It felt like I was in this never nightmare and I was ended up screaming and just crying and, you know, sobbing and, and then Bill came back to the accommodation and the, and the room and she just sort of saw the situation and she just said, I think you need to bring the baby out with us. I think we need to go out <laughs> to the festival. I think we need to go and have some fun. And this was at like 11 p.m. And it was just a really good circuit breaker. And I was just like, okay, okay. I think I just needed someone to tell me what to do yeah. uh, at that stage. And so we, we, yeah, we took the baby out with us and we had a dance and we just, he, you know, he was awake, so we just went, you might as well be we, doing we went something with you what enjoyed. he was doing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so even though that was horrible at the time, gosh, it makes a good memory, and I'm so glad it happened. <laughs> 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. How do you manage all that when, it's, when it feels really hard or if you have to go um, away or do a gig somewhere and, you know, Remy's unwell or teething or something is going on? How do you feel about it and how do you... Don't really mean probably just answered it really. How do you just jump in and do it? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think um each situation is a bit different. But I've got to say I um you know, I've got a great partner who 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 is very supportive, you know, and I and I think, you know, when you when you're following a um any job that's that's quite unpredictable and, and doesn't really follow any routine and, and really music and performing and touring is that it's mm. it's not a it's not an office job and it doesn't it doesn't um, follow office hours you know the hours are all over the all over the shop you know when you do media things it could be any time of day for any amount of time short or long um, playing can be night or day um, you know yeah the logistics of traveling is all over the place so yeah I mean if if you're parenting with another person like. Yeah, it's obviously essential to um, for both people to be supportive of each other to, to make it work. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's great. He's great like that and uh, he he's very much behind everything and so he does everything that he can, you know, that's within his control to, to make it happen, um, which is awesome. What surprised you about becoming a parent? Are you the kind of parent – someone asked me once um, – what do you do as a parent that you thought you'd never do? And I was like, oh, right. um, everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I mean, well, I enter into like very childish arguments with my three-year-old all the time. Um, um, but are you, are you the kind of parent that you thought you'd be? Uh, I mean, probably not as good a parent as I thought I would be, but I think that's probably fair. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I no, look, I don't think I'm too bad. You know, I think I've, I think everyone's got their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, but I, yeah, look, I, I feel like I could be far more patient and I could be, you know, more engaged. And, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I look at my partner, you know, playing with our son and, <laughs> and he seems to have a lot of patience, you know, for, for doing play cooking and, and, uh, and other, you know, playing with the trains and stuff like that. And I don't think I have as much patience for that. Yeah. I think, which I, which I feel bit guilty about a lot of the time. Um, but then I know, you know, I provide different things and different experiences. Yes. So it yeah. all sort of balances out in the end. 
And I, I say that to my husband all the time. I'm like, oh, you're so – you, like, think of fun games and you, <laughs> like, play good things and I just kind of get through and, like, how? But I also think, but I also think that's probably, you know, got to do with whoever's doing more of the, yeah, the caring yep. and the sort of the, um, the day-to-day caring. It can be tiring, yeah. you know, coming up with ideas and just, you know – and when you're doing um, a bit less of it, sometimes you can't have more energy for it. Yeah, I've I've found that since um since going back to work, um yeah, much more energy when I'm with the yeah. girls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's amazing what a break can do. Yeah, <laughs> from feel people so kind you of, love. Yeah, I know, but you you do you need it because you. I mean, if you're with anyone, um, you know whether you birthed them or not. Um, if you're with anyone for you know twenty four seven, and it is because it's not. Well, I mean, my my one year old doesn't sleep, so it's not like it stops at yep. seven pm. Um, oh gosh, yeah. You know, so it's yeah, it it's That's hectic. Yeah, it's a bit hectic. Yeah, a bit tiring. It's exhausting. <laughs> oh my god. And isn't it ridiculous the way that you just crave time by yourself and and then you feel bad alone about time. It. Yep. And then and then when you do have it, yeah, you, you either feel guilty or you look at your phone of oh. all your photos of them. Yeah, thinking, I, oh, I wish I was with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous thing that happens. But um, what have you what have you found to be not necessarily the most challenging, but what have you found really challenging about being a parent? Gosh, so many things. Um, uh, I, I mean, navigating it with another person. I think that's probably one of the hardest things. Yeah. Um, and aligning expectations with each other. Uh, and that's just like a constant, ongoing, ever-evolving thing as well. Um, you know, it changes an example. As your baby changes. Or yes, as you, as exactly. Your kids whatever stage you're going through, whatever the whatever the challenge is at that particular stage. Yeah. And and I guess you can't anticipate how either of you will um, feel, you know, or act or think until you're in it. Um, you know, I feel like before before um, our son came, you know, we did a fair bit of sort of talking through scenarios because <laughs> that's what we do. Um, but but you can't know until you're in it. You just because you haven't got that emotion that you're working with um, when until you're in a situation. Um, but yeah, definitely the sort of the negotiation that goes on constantly um, would definitely be one of the most challenging things, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and and also I found. I think I went into I think I went into having a kid with very low expectations, um, which I think was a really good thing. <laughs> I think um, I was really lucky to see uh, to see Bill have kids, you know, and and sort of see that closely. And she's a fantastic mum, and she always does an excellent job. Um, but I was lucky in the fact that I just got to see sort of warts and all, you, you know, just a lot of the challenges that happen yep. and, and that can occur. So I was expecting the worst because of that. Um, <laughs> I hope this is coming out the right way. Yeah, no. not, not that watching her was the worst. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I was sort of expecting everything to go wrong in a way. Yep. And I think for a lot of things um, I had a bit of a pleasant surprise. Um, that's a great way to go into it. Actually, when you when you said in earlier in an email, what's something empowering that you could give to just someone lower your expectations? Yes, I actually thought I think that's it. 
because um, someone else said that to me too, and, and I think it's true. Um, just low expectations. Because as soon as, you know, it's like anything, as soon as you start to imagine that something will be a particular way or assume something, it's probably going to be the opposite. Yeah. Well, um, I feel like that's so common. Well, because um, I've got lots of nieces and nephews and so does my on, on my side and my husband's side. And so yeah. before we had Marley, we were like, oh, yeah, we'll do this as parents and we won't do that and we're going to be like this and we kind of cherry-picked the, the best bits from all of our siblings' parenting. Um, yeah. But we both totally forgot to factor in that Marley would have a really – really strong opinion. Yes, <laughs> and, exactly. <laughs> and she might not necessarily do all of the things that we thought she would do. So um Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a I think that was one of the biggest shocks for me. I was like, oh, oh definitely. Right. You you don't like things or you do like things that I <laughs> you're, okay. You're your own human. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> I know. I can't necessarily control everything <laughs> about you or how you feel or think. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm not sure if you had this experience. One of the other um, challenges that I feel like I'm also still, um, you know, coming up against as well is that I thought making friends would be really easy once I had a kid. I was sort of, you know, as an adult, I, yes. I already sort of thought, you know, it was, you know, I was sort of looking at my social circle and, and, and noticing, you know, that it was getting smaller, yep. um, you know, with it, without making it sound like I've got no friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just naturally as you get more busy and, and you know, you get, you, be, you get older and you, you become more aware of your likes and, you know, yes. your preferences and you've just got less time. So you, you're more specific with who you invest it with. Absolutely. Um, you, your friendship circle, you know, does get smaller and I thought that having a kid it would be so easy to make friends you know and and it just hasn't really turned out that way um for me and just probably because of sorry you get going have a oh just you know probably because of the um personality I am as well just you know it takes me a little while to establish friendships probably or you know really open up and trust and all those kinds of things yeah um but yeah, I thought that just you know, if you have a baby and someone else has a baby, and that's the, that's bingo, the thing bingo, in common, that's your best friend. <laughs> but it just didn't, it wasn't like that. Um, and so I think that's been a yeah, that's been an ongoing thing. Do you um, that I've grappled with? I always yeah, I imagine that when when the girls go to school, um, that I'll be friends with all of their friends' parents. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know that it's going to happen. I've heard that's a thing. I, I, I imagine that they're probably going to just annoy me more than anything else. Like, right. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yes, oh, no, do you fair. have to be friends with Betsy? Um, her mum's really annoying. But um, yeah, yeah. it would be nice if we could we could pick and choose. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I'm I I'm actually I'm hoping that I can become you know best buddy. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be really I'm nice. My kid can get me friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that to someone the other day, and as soon as I said it, I realised how sad that sounds. No, I think it's great. I think, <laughs> why not? Like, you're going to spend time with them, you know. If especially yeah, for the school true. parent, you're going to do all. You know, you could go on camp together. That could actually be really great. Right. Yeah. Well, if you were yeah. if you were friends with another parent, you could both volunteer to go on camp, and then it'd be fun. That's true. Yes. 
I guess so. You're right. You should yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our kids can go to the same school and then we can be friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. Go on school camps together. Um, <laughs> and, but you know what? Like the friend thing, I feel like that's something that's just so common amongst everyone. But everyone's so also so shy and just embarrassed to say it out loud. Oh, it's hard but as soon to make you friends when you're an adult. It's so hard to say as an adult, but when you eventually do, you know, I feel like nine times out of ten you will get exactly the same response or validation from the other person and then you just the sense of relief. Yeah. To just go, oh, and then you sort of both, you know, you don't even have to say it, but you're both just sort of like, oh, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like school all over again. But it would be nice if it was because kids seem to make friends quite easily, you know, you just they walk up to each other and They do, start don't playing. they? Yeah, um, but that have been. Did you have a Did you have a mother's group? I did, yeah, and uh, we met a few times, but it just sort of um, petered out, really. Yep. But I've got one good friend that I that I kept from it. Yeah, um, that I do still see. And look, and that's funny. You know, it, it's also a great thing when you realise that you only need one or two to make you feel like you've got Lots. a huge friendship <laughs> circle. You know, one or two great friends who you're just sort of keeping in regular contact with. Yes. Um, you know, week to week to make you feel amazing. Yeah. It's having um, that support is so need. nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, had you heard the word matrescence? Say that again. Have you heard the word matrescence? No. Oh, so it's um it's this is not like a like a test. <laughs> um, but it's basically it's the idea um similar to adolescence. But oh, yeah. for a mum, when she becomes a mum, it's this right. um, this period of change essentially after you become a mum and it's um, hormonal and mental and um, yep. it's this big shift that you go through and then you yeah. – I haven't kind of done enough research to know whether you come out the other side and you're like done with matrescence like you are with adolescence or right. whether it's this constantly evolving beast, which I sort of imagine it is. Um, Yeah. But do you feel like you went through some kind of identity shift after you became a mum? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I I reckon one of the first things um, relating to that was when I gave birth and I sort of felt like, I sort of felt like this completely unspoken pressure because obviously no one said this. Um, so it could have just been made up in my own head, but I sort of felt like I had this overwhelming feeling that I had just been a vessel for this human and it was just my obligation to hand this kid over to everyone else, <laughs> you know, as sort of like this, as like this gift, you know, sort of, and all of a sudden, um, you know, no one cared about me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone cared about the baby, which they should. Um, and obviously, and it's a, such an exciting time, you know, when new life comes into the world. Uh, but yeah, I think as a as a mum who's gone, you know, when you've gone, when you've birthed, when, when you've gone through that that um, experience, and it's you know it's pretty traumatic and 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 just hugely life changing. Um, then when all the attention is on the baby. I, that really affected me, and I remember that um, my mum was pretty much the only person that she every, every single day she rang me and she asked how I was 
before she asked about the baby. (laughs) And it was just the most, it was just the most powerful thing. And it was so special um, to me. And I just really valued it so much. And she did that for months. Um, So that was probably one of the first things in terms of identity of just going, oh God, am I literally just here to, to make this thing, and and then what? You know, and then what? Is my purpose done? <laughs> thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely a huge shift, and a, and a long adjustment over time. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not a quick one. No, not, well, it wasn't. Not at all. I mean, I'm you know, can't speak for everyone. It wasn't quick for me. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily, um, you know, painstaking the entire time. Um, but it was. Yeah, I think it took me about eighteen months to feel um, like a like I was like an okay version of myself, like a like I was okay with the new version of myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 someone said this to me, and I, I can't remember who it was, but I, I remember them saying sort of um, something along the lines of, you know, when you're trying to push against what's naturally happening, mm. that can make things so much worse. That sort of, if you just can try and go with what's naturally occurring or whatever, you can actually, you can, you can make your life so much easier, enjoyable, or sort of, you know, once you reach that sort of point of acceptance of yes. well, this is how this is going to be for this particular time or whatever. But when you're just sort of pushing against it and, and against it and against it, it can be so hard to manage because you just, you've got such these intense emotions and feelings all the time. Yeah, but, it's, uh, I had um, an auntie come over um, when when Marley was very little and I'd been upstairs trying to put Marley to bed and yep. of course she wasn't going to bed because I had plans and yep. um, and I knew that my auntie was at the front door and I was texting her and I was like, just wait there, I'll be down soon, she's going to go to sleep soon and of course she didn't go to sleep soon and I um I came downstairs and opened the door and Marley was awake and, and I said, oh, you know, I was, I was going to put her down and then I was going to have a shower and be like ready for when you got here and, yep. and she, she looked at me and said, haven't you surrendered yet? No, yeah, right. And it just like it really stuck with me, and it was like I wanted to get it tattooed on my forehead to remind me every yeah, day. Yeah, I love that. That's um, great. And it just, it, yeah, it really stuck with me, and it helped me a lot. I think I went, oh, right, because it's um, I think often often the word surrender is associated with weakness. Um, yes, yeah. But, I think in this instance, it was it was really empowering. I was like, "Oh right, if I just go with it, it's going to be much easier." And it was. That's so great. I, I, do you ever feel though that in in also moments like that, even though you can just fiercely agree with you know something that's been said by someone like that, and and I feel like that's something that I would just hold on to also. Um, but at the same time, I would be furious as well because I'm like, what do you know? Yeah. Like, and probably a lot because they've obviously probably done it for a lot longer than Yeah, but I always find I myself being like, oh, yeah, but it would have been different when you when your kids were little. Exactly. Like, There's this thing about someone coming in and making a sort of, a, you know, a fleeting comment or, you know, that sort of that seems like someone's just sort of making a very throwaway comment about something that you have just put so much energy and time into for hours or weeks or weeks. Yes. <laughs> and it's just sort of, 
it can feel like it's really dismissing everything that you've done or all the planning you've put into something. Yeah. But at the just... same time, as you say, sometimes, like sometimes, yeah, you just need to surrender to what's happening. Um, yeah. But it's, that's yeah. hard too. I mean, I've, you know, I've conflict. Got, like <laughs> between when that happened and now there's a decent two and a half years <laughs> so, right like hindsight's pretty nice um but sure is. yeah but so I'm not sure that it was like a, a massive light bulb moment for me right when it happened because I was like <laughs> no, yeah but I no, wanted exactly. to have a shower and now I'm gross and I'm not showered for the day and um yeah and yeah I was once the dust had settled then it was a real yeah then it was, then it was great <laughs> I don't know that I had anything else planned that I wanted to ask you, um, <laughs> but but you've been so generous with 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 how you've how you've felt. Is there anything anything that you um, that you want to say about about what it's been like for you becoming a mum? Oh gosh, I know, it's I, a big um... question. Sorry, <laughs> it's like quarter no. to nine at night, and I'm like, "How do you feel about being a mum?" You're like, "Ah, oh, I'd like to go to sleep, please." <laughs> no, not at all. It's you know what? It's just so nice to speak to other mums, and I guess this sort of relates back to the friendship thing. But it's just it's so nice to speak to other people who are just going through similar things because it just makes you feel validated in all the challenges that you have and all the struggles. Um. So yeah, look, chatting with you, Brody, it's it's a delight. It's oh. So lovely. <laughs> oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, but I will. I, you you sort of answered it before. But is there is there something that someone said to you or that you would say now to a mum that's empowering? Yeah. Um. Well. Um, oh, look at the end of the day, probably. Your baby's gonna just think you're a hero, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even, regardless of all the all the guilt that you feel about all different things, or you know, the way that you've handled yourself, or you know, any regrets that you might have, they're probably still gonna look at you and and just think you're the bee's knees. Yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is very lovely. Have and you um, very lucky? Have you um? Do you do you find that you get a lot of mum guilt? I I guess so. Yeah, I mean I I um I mean I feel guilt about a lot of different things. So I'm assuming that that's mum guilt. <laughs> well, yeah, I think someone said even when I was saying mum guilt, I was like, oh, I think um I think maybe mum guilt is like when you do stuff but you feel guilty because you should just be doing stuff for your family. <laughs> like, oh, I see. Right. Okay. You, that I mean, you might not feel like that, but um. But like we you were... know what, actually, if if it's like relating specifically to that, I would probably say I that yeah maybe that that's probably an area that I reckon within our family unit that I've been quite um, strong headed with, or maybe strong headed is the wrong word, or just sort of aware of sort of going. I you know I remember with um you know with music you know when my partner and I got together. You know, for those first few years before Remy came along, it was just I, I've always sort of made sure I've sort of um, reinforced the thing of this is not going away. Like this is what I do. This is what I will always do. This is this is if you want me, this is a part of me type thing. Yeah. Um, because I think, yeah, I think you know when you have kids and you introduce different things into a relationship um, over time, it's easy for other things to naturally be pushed out yeah 
um, and to be deprioritized. And if you want to keep things, you have to fight for them. <laughs> um, you, you know, uh, yeah, you really do. Because at the end of the day, you know, no one's really going to look out for ourselves more than we are ourselves. Um, oh, I so, think yeah. that's, that's, you, that's that your, your empowering. Question? Yeah, I think oh, that's your empowering, empowering message. Me? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's good. Can you tell, say it back to me so I remember what it was? You. <laughs> <laughs> I'll paraphrase. Um, it was that you've got to look after yourself because not because no one else will, but you've got to you've got to fight for what's important to you. And I suppose that yeah, absolutely goes back to um, back to your sense of identity. You know, you you need to you need to kind of stand stand firm for what you feel like makes you you. Hundred percent. Otherwise, you're no good for anyone else as yeah, well. Absolutely. I mean, you have to do the things that 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 make you shine yes. and that make you passionate about living. Um, yeah, because and, and and you know, in our experience, I look at Remy now and just how much he, you know, he's nearly three and he just he just thrives around music and he he sings all the time. You know, between you and I, I'm not. <laughs> There could be a few pitch issues. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. He's three. Um, but, uh, like, he just loves it so much, you know, and, and I know that that is a direct um, result of how much singing happens in the household yep. and how much singing I've done to him since he's been born. And I feel really proud about that. Um, and so that's always, you know, for the rest of time, as long as he's living with us and everything, that's obviously that's going to be a thing, you know. Yeah, that um becomes important to him too, which is great. I think that's beautiful because well, it is because it's part of it's part of you too, and now and now that's part of him, and isn't that nice? No, it is lovely. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's nice to feel good about something that you're modelling. Because yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> gosh, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of bad that, stuff that we yeah. end up modelling. <laughs> it's good to feel really good about something. It is nice. <laughs> Oh, Beth, thank you so, so much for chatting with me. It's been an, just just awesome. I've loved it. Oh, thank thanks, you. Brody. It's been a, such a delight and I hope you do get some sleep tonight. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes, I hope you get to sleep too. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait to put my head on the pillow. All right. Well, it's lovely chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much, Beth. All right. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks, Brody. See ya. Thank you very much to Beth Stevens for chatting with me today. I hope I wasn't too much of a fangirl. Uh, There are links in the show notes to the Teeny Tiny Stevies on Spotify. They come highly recommended by my three-year-old and me. Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brodie Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 